what is it called? AI, AMR. The like you know. <laughs> I heard there's like AMR only fans accounts. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people pay creators just to just to eat and mm-hmm. they don't even send photos? I don't know. I don't know. And I- <laughs> uh, maybe they're filming or something as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they uh, can request can you like let me hear you crunch into a cucumber? <laughs> That is so weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah, people are so weird. Don't you think like that there's like so much more weirdness out in the open now? Yes. Right. Yes, it's almost as if, oh, I have a kink and nobody has it yet, so mm. I have to go public with it. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you probably shouldn't. Don't, don't, you, don't do it. But if you do, you're probably going to make a fuck ton of money, <laughs> which is the bizarre thing. Yeah. Like you heard about that girl that was like farting in jars. Oh, yeah, I think so. I it's like, uh, is that a thing? And she's like, I'm making $50,000 a week. I'm like, oh my God, how many farts is that? For farting in a jar? Yeah. Isn't that That's, ridiculous? That is crazy. It's, no, the ridiculous part is that why haven't I done it? Yeah, like, it was, you, you would make bang. I would make so much money. Because you have yeah. such a specific, you're a Sri Lankan, yeah. Norway, Denmark comedian. I can fart in different languages. Yeah. <laughs> Those those farts are so valuable. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're the most yeah. important types of real it's like niche international farts. I can yeah. go in different countries and, and fart funny. there. Yeah. You got some funny farts. Funny farts. Yeah. Have I farted in front? No, I haven't. Have I? Have you farted? What were you gonna say? I haven't farted in front of you. No. No. Yet. No. No. Well, I, not that I know of. No. I don't know. No, Maybe right. you're just on stage, just sneaking them out, just like this is my thing. I'm just like. They don't even know when they're laughing. It's like, Ugh. yeah, like the release is the fart, not the laugh. Yeah, right. exactly. Like <laughs> that's your endorphins just going. I need this. <laughs> I need this, guys. <laughs> that's stupid. So yeah. Yeah. So fuck Hello. it. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should introduce myself. Yeah, introduce yourself. Who the fuck yeah. are you? Yeah, who the fuck? Yeah, I just farted outside your door and then you let me in. That was it was kind of weird. <laughs> That's how I made all my friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what's well, uh, tell us who are you? My name is Darshika Christopher. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, but uh, I'm from Norway, but I'm based in Denmark. You don't look Norwegian. Oh my god, Darshika is not a Norwegian name. <laughs> no, it's not a Norwegian name. <laughs> <Thank> yeah. <laughs> so, but you're uh, you're you got some flavor in your DNA. I got some flavor. Yeah, that's what they call it. Spices. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my passport say Norwegian. I, I think the correct term in Norwegian would be a second generation non-Western immigrant. That's too long. It's too long. Yeah, we got to shorten it down. And I discussed it with an American and he was like, no, you're first generation Norwegian. I'm like, no, I'm second generation. Like, but I am first generation Norwegian. I'm born in Norway. Yeah. So I should be first generation yeah. Norwegian. He's got a point, but you've got a point too. Yeah, because you're not the second generation that was from Norway because the first generation was yeah. your dad, but you're the first yeah. generation born here. Yeah. So what the fuck is right? Is it I, first or second? I think in the US it's first, but in Norway it's the second. But I like the first generation Norwegian better better than the second generation non-Western immigrant because what will my kids be third generation <laughs> non-Western immigrant? Yeah. child of yeah. yeah 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 i i i think the first generation is better too yeah because it too. sounds yeah. like you had the struggle it sounds like you had to deal with leaving your home country and get on the small boat and came over here or actually it does sound <laughs> i think it sounds like the opposite it sounds like i was the first generation to have welfare system in norway i guess it's a matter yeah, of perspective yeah. it yeah. depends on how much street cred you want yeah yeah first generation of free education and yeah. uh, oil money pension plans yeah, yeah. but you don't live so in norway i don't live in norway why no. why don't you live in norway 
I'm you don't like Norway? What's wrong with Norway? <laughs> oh, it's always wrong. It's like, why are you here? Go back. It's like, why, why, <laughs> why did here? you leave? Why did you leave? Go yeah, back. You can't, you, nobody no, can win. No, nobody can win. Um, I got a job in Denmark four years ago and uh, in connection with my education. And I wrote my thesis in Copenhagen. Okay. And so you went there to get a job and yeah. study or yeah no i i went to denmark because i wrote a thesis uh about air passenger rights <laughs> that sounds fun it was, oh wow I, okay i thought it was a lot of fun maybe not haha fun but it was it was interesting. air passenger rights <laughs> air passenger. <laughs> okay. now, did you know if your flight is delayed by more than three hours you can get money yeah and, and yeah, i yeah, wrote yeah. my enti- entire ad- academical thesis about that Okay, about about people who's do they do people know their rights? No, that's the thing. They don't know. But so that's why they have this firm who is a third party between the air company and the passenger. So they can send the case to the them and then they go to court. Uh they can eventually go to court with that case uh, demanding money and they know the legal oh. stuff and then then it's like no no cure no pay but the thing is that that model is not allowed in Norway for mm. lawyers but it's allowed in Denmark as an a company uh in Kassuselskap I I don't remember yeah, the name yeah. in English yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so they do it there so they have a Norwegian branch but in Denmark so I moved to Denmark to work there ah oh, I thought that was a scam but it's real it's real it's real because I got I, my flight was delayed and I ended up like having to stay at a hotel for like two days in oh, Amsterdam and then but when was it this was in like 2018 or 17 oh, 18 2018 oh it's too long ago if it was less than three years ago yeah I but have helped you well that would have been awesome but yeah. th- I got an email from this company I was like this looks like phishing this is a clickbait attack on my but it was real i don't know because they wrote to me a bunch yeah okay i don't know if that company was real yeah okay uh, but the thing is that it's weird that they wrote to you when you were delayed it's like how did they get the passenger information yeah right that is weird but, but they knew it all maybe they were just yeah, like yeah. tracking flights and sky scanning or something and that they go, is, oh that got delayed yeah yeah okay so they they went to uh shady did, yeah i guess well they business. wrote to me and they said yeah. that, that we could help you and you're entitled to all the shit and i was just like whatever oh no but that's so dumb because you are in title but you don't need to use the company <laughs> yeah to okay. get your rights yeah I'll, I'll you know I, they ended up putting me in some like hotel and like outside of amsterdam somewhere and i, and I just ended up just like fucking watching tv okay, for which, a day uh, and which air, cam- air carrier it was klm oh yeah yeah they're mm. sneaky You're right yeah they're, they're pretty sneaky. sneaky yeah but they also they always give you like oh a hotel and a new flight it's like oh you should be grateful it's like yeah, yeah. i should also have 400 euros which is what you were would be entitled yeah to. because i just kind of thought well it was bad weather and there was snow and who can control the weather i guess okay. nobody can because that so. is okay that's actually what i wrote my thesis about the yeah. extraordinary circumstances yeah force majeure so, yes so mm. in that case you would not be able to have the uh, you would not have the compensation, but you would have a refund of hotel and food. Oh, yeah, okay, and they so covered they actually, that anyway. Yeah, they covered. So they actually did it right, but two days is a bit long. It was long. Well, because yeah. it wasn't because of it was because they I was flying to an island in the Caribbean called Saint Bart's, mm-hmm. and they only mm-hmm. have a flight from 
Amsterdam to St. Martin's every second day. Yeah. So I missed the first connection and then I had to stay the first night and then stay the second mm-hmm. night. for the, Yeah, so that was it. Okay, so actually based on that, maybe they could have booked you through another air, ca- air carrier. They looked. So, we looked into it when I got there. Okay, so there was maybe so then, going through Air France, but then that didn't happen. It was the same Air yeah. France and KLM cooperate or something yeah, to get yeah. there. So. Yeah, they, you know, but they could have booked you through another company. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, so actually I ah. could maybe by the few facts you've given me, I could have argued that you would be entitled to some compensation. Listen, if we yeah. invite a time machine, if there's a time machine that gets invented and we can go back oh, a, yeah. a year and a half or something, I'm going to get you on the case. If I had a time machine, the only thing I would do That's... was to make sure that you got your four to 600 euros back from that delay. Thank yeah. you. If that you could, uh, don't, yeah, that's I it. would do. Don't, don't go, don't kill Hitler. Don't go back and like, you know, like solve, like don't stop anything catastrophe. Just fix that. Yeah. yeah. It, but if you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? <laughs> that's such a good question. Isn't it? It is a good question. Oh. I don't know. Right, I try to. I try to live with no regrets. Yeah. Good. Is, okay. Yeah. How, let me let me ask it in, a, in another way. That if you could go back and change one thing from your life, would you do it? I don't know. No. Nothing. No. I no. Even that outfit. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You walked into it. Oh, oh. Yeah, okay. But you live with a lifestyle of no regrets. Yeah. So you're like, everything. I guess I live with a lifestyle of no regrets too. Yeah. Even though I've done a lot of fucking stupid yeah, things. Yeah, me too. Me too. But my philosophy is that I'm very happy where I am right now. Yeah. And so everything that led me to this point is yeah. something that I can't alter because I'm very happy in the present moment. Yeah. Is that what you kind of believe as well? Yes, is what I believe as well. Mm. And also take responsibility. To, so every time I fuck up, I know it's my fault. It's yeah. my responsibility. Yeah. So then I just learn from it and then I take responsibility. So I actually prevent that from happening again. Yeah, that's a good one. It is a good philosophy. Uh, I don't know if I'm that good at it yet. Uh, but I, yeah. But you seem like somebody who takes responsibility. You seem like a response. You were one of the few comedians that turned up to this podcast on time, <laughs> which means it t- tells me you're responsible. Oh, thank you so much. You are yeah. wrong. I try, but I also live quite, uh, I live with, um, I live at Chelsos, so it's quite easy to get to your place. It's just a tram. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you, when you're in Oslo, you stay there? Yeah, at my mom's place. At your mom's place. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. But in, in general, you're a responsible person. You're like, uh, you know, you do what you say and you say what you do kind of thing. I really try to be. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. really, really try to be. Mm. I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the foundation of trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whenever you, whenever somebody kind of slides out, it's always like, yeah. you said you would pick me up and then you forgot to pick me up. Yeah, and what yeah. else are you going to not be reliable on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I try to be really honest with people as well. If they ask like, oh, hey, do you want to do this? It's like, I don't think I have the energy. That's a good way <laughs> so, to answer it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Or if somebody says, do you want to go to this concert? It's like, I, I don't have the budget for it. Yeah. I have money, but I don't have the budget to go to this concert. Okay, so you yeah. say no and then give a reason. Yeah, ah. I, I try to do. And then if if they're my friends, they'll understand. And if they yeah. don't understand, they're not my friends. Yeah, I think, being, I think being able to say no is so important. Yeah. And a lot of the issues that I've gotten into has been my lack of an ability to say no. Yes. And then I've ended up regretting it. And then I've done 
on something that I, and my energy isn't all in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, being able to say no, it's like it's kind of it sounds so stupid, but it's like a superpower. It's like yeah, it is a superpower. Yeah. I think. No, but that's the thing. That's why I don't live with regrets because I'm learning to say no. Mm. So then I take a stand instead of being like, oh, yeah, maybe. Okay, I'll text you. Okay, maybe. Blah, blah, blah. And mm. then you end up in a situation where you just maybe used a lot of money to get to somewhere where you didn't want to be even. Is it hard for you to say no to spots? Um, it used to be. It's become less hard now. Yeah. Because I perform in many languages. So yeah, you do. Too yeah, many, too, by the way. Too many. <laughs> too many languages. How many languages are you performing in? Four. That's that's so crazy to me. You know, one of the things that like when the last time we were talking, you said, oh, I'm in Paris mm. doing comedy in French. I did. And I was like, oh, what? I know you do comedy in English, Norwegian, Danish, and now French. Yeah. Do you, are you fluent in all of those languages? No. But you're fluent in Danish? I'm not fluent in stand-up. No. <laughs> I'm fluent in comedy. That's the only language. <laughs> that's, a, that's my love language. No, yeah. I, uh... Okay. But you, how, how good is your, so French is the weakest? Yeah, French is the weakest uh, by far. Uh, I lived in France for half a year yeah. to study, yeah. and I had oral exams, and uh, I passed my exams in flying colors. It went really well, mm. and that's also when I started to think, oh, okay, why am I so good at performing orally whilst all my exams were written, like my law exams. So my law exams at law school, I was average, and then I go to France, and I do something orally, and then I get really good grades. Wow. Start to thinking that maybe it was not because I was bad at law or lazy, but maybe just because I was so much better in something else. In communicating with your verbal skills. Yes. I got you. So the format of the exam had a um, significant impact. Significant impact. On of, the results yeah. of your grades. Yes. Wow. Because m the majority of exams that I've done are all written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Australia and in Norway, I did a couple of oral exams here. Mm -hmm. And they were actually for the Norwegian language anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get that that's something that you need to test. Yeah. But you did an oral exam in law. Yeah, in French. In French. But it was like European law. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you had the additional struggle of having to translate in your head all of these legal precedences and laws and things like that and then had to communicate that in French yeah. and even with those obstacles of different languages you still perform it's better than a written exam in your native language uh, oh yeah when you put it that way it's quite sad no, yes. no but it's amazing <laughs> it's fascinating it just goes to show like how different you know your brain can communicate something yes Yes, very. And then after oh. I started to do stand-up, I was thinking, can I translate jokes in the same manner as I could translate law? Can you? Yes, I can. But I, I think the thing is that I don't necessarily translate. I try to think in that language. I got you. So yes. your brain switches over to... But do you have any singular joke which you perform across four languages? Yes. You do? Yes. Wow. How does that go? It went because uh, I, I think I now have that. I think I'm also becoming a better joke writer. So yeah. that helps in terms of uh, translating something because if the joke is better, oh, yeah. then it's easier to translate. Uh, but I have this one joke I've done in all four languages. Yep. And it works. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have to, you obviously have to change the language, but I guess the premise is the same and it works cross culturally and cross linguistically. Yes. 
it's the joke where I, I talk to someone in the audience. I ask very politely if I can ask for their name and say it out loud. And they say yes. And then I say the name. Thank you. And I say that was a demonstration of consent. Yeah. And that joke works in every single language huh. I performed in. I got it's you. something universal with the consent and the, the format and the way I ask. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but maybe, I'm trying to think, would there be a culture that doesn't have the same appreciation of consent where it might not work, right? Like say some, yeah. you know what I mean? Like say, I, I guess we're in the right time, so it's such a global concept. Mm. But uh, I don't know, like in the Middle East or something like that, or in like with some sheikhs that have just ultimate power, like what's consent? Uh, okay, they, if they book me for a stand-up job, I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> yeah, of course. If that will happen in the future. Yeah, yes. but it's it's kind of interesting because, like, what you know, like there there are jokes that are very particular to the cultural climate and the era yes. that we're in. Yes. Yeah. So, but there are also some jokes which are broader, which might be more timeless, but mm. they probably have to deal with bigger concepts that anybody can relate to over time. Yes. Like having kids or something, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, even the jokes I can do with myself, you know, by talking about dating or talking about being me in the world, mm. I don't know if that would work that well 30 years ago. No. Where you didn't think about the, the sort of underdog or the, oh, oh yeah. I don't know, uh, but some some stuff I think, yeah, maybe some of it would work. Yeah, because it's also the believe they have to believe in what that what I say is true. Mm, and yeah. I don't know if it would be believable. No, like uh, a couple of yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really interesting how you know cultural perception on topics changes, and then comedians yeah. are right there. You yeah. know what I mean? They're right at the change. Yes. They're like right when things are just about to tip over. And now they're playing, maybe before as well, yeah. they're playing a significant role in the tipping. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is kind 100%. of crazy. I saw a friend of mine the other day who I haven't seen in like five years. And he goes, so how's the comedy going? I go, it's going really good. He goes, you guys are the real truth tellers of today. And I was like, yeah, I guess we kind of are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a crazy concept to so think. So crazy. But stand-up has become such a popular genre uh, yeah. where maybe poetry had that effect before where people were sitting down listening to poetry reciting where it's also, it could be an oral oral form as well. And then yeah. maybe now stand-up has become, it's one of those genres where you don't actually have to have support, economic support from the state because mm. you can you can uh, apply for funds in for theater, music and stuff like that. I don't think there's a separate one for stand-up because people actually buy tickets to see unknown people perform Yeah, because this genre is so recognized. Yeah, and it's so accessible. Yeah. Like if you're doing a theater performance or something, you need like a black box and you need all this like yeah. people, stagehands and the people wearing black yes, running in and changing the, the, everything. Yeah. It seems like it's, you know, that that's what I love about doing stand-up. It's just like, you know, we could put up a speaker with a microphone and then yeah. just go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've done that like, you know, several times. Like at the corner, for example. Yeah. Like it's there's not there's nothing there we just bring a speaker and then a, a little stage and then bam That's 30 it. 40 people yeah it's crazy such a yeah. poor people uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah free entry free let's entry, go come in just mm. uh, yeah yeah, so it's uh, it's really and I love doing it in different languages that that's why I do it it's not because yeah because I, I really like it I love and I I came back to Denmark uh, after traveling for three months, and I did uh, did a couple of gigs, mm. and it was so weird how my brain did not work in Danish. I had to have two gigs to just 
think in Danish again on stage. Yeah. Because it felt as if I couldn't think and my mouth couldn't pronounce the stuff I was thinking in my head. It was really... That was yeah. like a little lag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a little yeah. lag. So I had to, yeah. Do you have a language which you prefer doing it in or which you like, ah, this is the one that I... This is the... This is mine. No, because I'm, I'm based in Denmark and I do it mostly in Danish. Gotcha. So I think Danish is my stand-up language yeah, for okay. the moment. But yeah. if I moved to Norway and I was doing it in Norwegian or to France, then mm. that language would be the language of preference. Okay, so it's just the one that you're getting the most reps in with. Yeah. Huh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you're in Os- you're in Oslo a lot, right? I mean, I see been, you around yeah, all the time. Yeah, I was uh, I was in Oslo for a month, and then now I've stayed here for a couple of days. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And is there much of a difference between this, like the you know the stand up uh, society and s- the scenes in it is in, in, yeah yeah? What, what's like what's some of the differences between Denmark and Norway? Yeah, some of the differences. Um, for example, in Denmark, most of the open mics are free. Yeah. And it's also the free open mics. You can also see some of Denmark's biggest comedians come ah, and perform. Okay. So whereas in Norway you have Latin, yeah. where you have, you know, the big comedians, the very famous one. And then you have the Ardeco, where you have like a mix of both uh, the ones from Latin and up and coming and, and people in the in the milieu <laughs> environment. Yeah. People, yeah, in the stand-up environment. And then you have... The free mics, where you have a lot of newbies, yep. almost exclusively newbies. Mm. Whereas in Denmark, you would have that mic, but with everyone. Really? Yes. So there'd be like a free open mic and you would have just like some absolute killers who yes. are really experienced and yes. somebody who might have been doing stand-up for the first time. Yes, on the same stage. Wow. Yeah. So it's a real diverse mix. So you don't... Yes. Okay, and is, do they announce that the big people are also performing? Like, is that in the no, lineup? No, no, no. Or it's a surprise? No, it's just... So at um, so it's usually just the host yeah. uh, who has some uh, promo on the event or it's just like open mic. Yeah. And then you get there and then you don't know who's coming. Oh, really? Yes. So it's it's a surprise. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But that's cool. But also it's free, so yeah. maybe it wouldn't be that funny if you paid two hundred and fifty kroners and hoped to see a big comedian, and it was just the up and coming ones. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I like I like a mix of both. Actually, I don't know if one is better than the other. Yeah. I think in Denmark it's also hard to have people pay thirty kroners just to see a show. Really. Like a stand up show, and yeah. uh, and that that is also. You know, I think maybe, yeah, just some something between, you know, the 150 and 30 crowners would be a nice prize and maybe with a student discount. Yeah. But it's, um, but they have that in Norway, actually. So I like the fact that people pay for stand-up in Norway. Yeah. And just really hope that, you know, it's allocated also to the comedians. I know there's some expenses to be paid, but... Yeah. To have it both to to the place and to the comedians. Yeah, I th- I think it's good like that. Mm. And is there a place in Denmark, like maybe in Copenhagen, that is the equivalent of Latter? Yes, Comedy Zoo. Comedy Zoo. Yes, but oh. it's uh, it's quite small compared to Latter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how many people can be in the audience? It can be, I think, between one hundred and seventy, maybe two. No, I think one hundred and seventy is the limit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So compared to Latte, it's quite small, but it's mm. very historic. It's a historic place. Everybody wants to perform there. And they have shows every night? or Almost every night, yes. Yeah, okay. Wow. Have you performed there? Yes. And how was the experience there? It was good. Yeah, I performed there many times. It's, oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't necessarily, if you go to an open mic, you don't get paid. Oh, so there's open, the, they have open mics there they too. They have open mics there too, yeah. And those are free. The, uh, no, it's not free for the audience. The audience have to pay, gotcha. and then the host gets paid, yeah. and then the other ones do it for free. 
I understand. So that's the thing, because you have such a diversity between the um, the comedians, then you have to have a very experienced host. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes it, yeah. it makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so at that venue at Comedy Zoo, yes, you have like um, professional shows with like maybe comedians doing an hour or like the top level yeah, comedians, yeah, yeah. and then they'll also just go and here's an open mic night yeah, yeah, where yeah. you get a little bit of everything. Yes. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, so because I don't think Latta does something like that. Yeah, I don't think they true. have an open mic kind of thing. I think, like, from my experience, like, the Latta level is the yeah. highest possible level, yeah. most professional level of comedians. Yeah. That's why, like, so many people in Norway, you know, work their way up to to that stage. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But there's an open mic. So you could just be, like, pretty new and get a gig at the comedy zoo doing yeah, the open yeah, mic comedy zoo. I, I think i was there after four months mm. i performed there for the first time yeah okay yeah. i think that's a good way to do it because then once you get more experience you're so familiar with that stage yes so in Nor in oslo like you could be grinding for you know years and then mm. the first time you get a gig at latted it's like mm. this is my first time standing on this stage yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like you've got that home ground advantage kind of thing yeah, yeah whereas yeah. at like at new you know where we've performed together before yeah, yeah it's like oh yeah okay i've been here a bunch and oh now this is just a bigger show but i'm really familiar with everything here. yeah yeah because yeah. you start there as an up and coming and then mm. maybe you will become a headliner yeah yeah huh yeah. and where are you like how long have you been doing comedy for two years yeah okay so you started just before during the pandemic? Yeah, mid yeah, during the pandemic, during the first opening. Damn. Yeah. So was that something that you'd been considering for a while and then the opportunity just arose? Or yeah, how no, did that I, happen? I worked as a volunteer at uh, Café Mellomurma in uh, Copenhagen, which is one of those uh, free open mics. Yeah. Uh, where you can also have the big comedians. It's been there for 10 years now. Gotcha. It's my friend uh, Mid who runs it and she's been running it for 10 years. Yeah. And I started there as a volunteair. Uh -huh. And I didn't understand because I want to set up some debates or something. I didn't even know what an open mic was. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you want to know how the mic works and stuff like that, just come and we're going to set up a stand-up. And I was like, is it free stand-up? What? And then I went there. I set up the mic and then comedians came in and they did their stuff and I was like, what is this? Yeah. And that was my first experience with an open mic. Wow. And I observed that observed that for uh, four, five, four or five months. And then the pandemic hit. And mm. then I decided that when it opens again, I want to try. Okay. Yeah. And now you're like 100% committed. Now you love it. And you're like, this is something that I really want to do it's more of. So it's so hard for me to be 100% committed. Oh, really? Anything. Yeah, yeah okay. but it's, I think it's the closest I've been to really committed to something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and how often are you performing? I perform maybe, try to have like four or five times a week. Wow, yeah. that sounds so committed. Four or five times a week? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's committed as fuck. Yeah, but it's also hosting jobs. Yeah. So I don't, it's, it's a performance, but I don't necessarily have to use new material gotcha. to be a host. And that's also how I can earn some money from it. Mm. So yeah, I've been traveling for some time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need some money. So I'm for doing sure. a lot of hosting jobs and getting that experience. Yeah. And then when I start to write new material, I try to get the, the other spots. Mm. And then also, I can also go outside of Copenhagen. Yeah. Just train to Unse for an hour and then get like 10, 15 minutes there to perform. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I love hosting. Yeah. I think it's so much fun. So much fun. It's such a, it, it's not doing stand-up no. necessarily, no. What do you think makes a good host in your opinion? I heard this, uh, I'm not sure if I agree, but I heard that a good host is someone, if it was a good show, nobody remembers you. But if it's a bad show, it's your responsibility. 
I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think that is a very hard definition of hosting. First of all, yeah. I don't agree that it's the host's r- r- role to like not be remembered. Do you know what I mean? What was the first part of that? If it's a good yeah. show, nobody remembers you. Yeah, like, yeah. That's so stupid. Like you're you the guy get... that's or the person that's on the stage a lot. Yeah. Why yeah, wouldn't yeah. they remember you? Yeah, but it's also like you shouldn't take that because t- you're also making the way for the comedians to do their stuff. Yeah, so... I get it. But like, I mean, like if you're doing a sh- like a hosting gig, and there's five comedians and you're also a comedian so there's six people on stage yeah. shouldn't you be able to fucking remember the person that's on the stage and if the comedian and then are you supposed to adjust your level like down to, to match the comedian so that you become less memorable it's, it sounds, it's, I don't sounds know. stupid sometimes to me. um i did a i did one gig where somebody asked me like oh why did you do material after that other comedian like it was one comedian he got off on a laugh and an applause mm. and then i went on and i did some stuff but it was also like I wanted to have it more clear for the next comedian to come on. Yeah. So you wouldn't go on an other person's applause. Yeah. But I don't know. I could have also just put him on right away. Yeah. So it's just the, the judgment of that because maybe I was stealing some thunder from that <sighs> laugh. I, I don't, yeah. I don't believe in the stealing such, thunder yeah. idea either. Yeah. I, I, I feel like once the, this is how I think of it as hosting. Yeah. I think of each comedian that comes on gets a clean slate. Yeah. And it's up to them to use that clean slate however they want. Yeah. And then if they end well and we've got time, then like the host can go on and then like reset the slate, like make yeah. sure people are, are, you know, um, feeling good, unify the room, yeah. make sure everybody's like having a good time, make any announcements that you need to make. Oh, we got the discount at the bar yeah. or whatever. And then uh, get them excited for the next comedian. Yeah. And then the next comedian comes on, clean yeah. slate. But uh, yeah, so and the second thing that I don't agree with is the if it's a bad show, it's your fault yeah. as the host. I don't believe that at all because you could have a show where comedians who might not be having their best nights yeah. and it's not your fault that, you know, the headliner was on stage and he forgot his jokes and you know what I mean? It's not your fault at all. Like, how is that your responsibility? To I think it's more uh, when you get the mood up again, mm. to get the mood up. And if you're not good enough to get the mood up, so let's say that no comedian ends with a laugh and then you have to go on stage. And if you just put on the next or you don't do anything to try to get the mood up, then yeah. yeah. But then people are going to remember you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I disagree with everything with yeah. that, with the, with that, sta- with that that's, statement. That's what I heard about hosting. Yeah. But I, I think it's also, yeah, to try to, uh, just to be pleasant. Mm. I love it when it's a pleasant host yeah. that doesn't necessarily do that much material, but just talk to the audience. Yeah. And I think I've seen more of that in Norway than I have in Denmark. Yeah. In Denmark, it can be sometimes it could be, okay, you do as a host, you do like 15 minutes and then just put next one on, next mm. one on, next one on. But you can do that if you have a strong lineup. But if you have a lot of newbies, yeah, <clears throat> then it's difficult to just uh, just put them on after each other without, yeah. 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 I think that like as the host, maybe one of the most important roles that you have is unifying the room. Yeah. Is making unifying sure that yeah. like everybody over here and over there, we're all in this together. Yes. Like just making sure that we're all on the same page. We're all having a good time. Let's clap yeah. for the next comedian. Just making sure that there's a group unity, which yeah. is why I think talking to the people that are in the audience is so important so important. because yeah. then oh the guy at this table knows that guy's name and he works yeah. in it and you know it's all kind of like yeah, we're, yeah. we're in this together yeah so it's almost like there's a kind of party going on 
And you're just leading the party in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, hey, we're going to get ready for the next song. The yeah, next song. Yeah. Well, let's do it. We're yeah. excited. Like a DJ sort of. Almost. Yeah. You're like a social DJ. Social DJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, can, I love doing like clap games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, what's yeah. a clap game? For example, uh, just uh, part the room in two and then just you clap, you clap, you clap high, you clap high. So that yeah, unifying yeah. the, yeah. That's cool. Because you, you can't do that as the comedian no. doing a spot, but yeah. you can do it as a host. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen a few hosts that have not unified the room and who have kind of like sucked a lot of the air out of the room. Yeah. Like energy vampire yeah. type hosting. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. Yeah. As I've a comedian that. and you're like, oh, come on, let it go. Yeah, just yeah. stop it. Like, yeah. I, I just, you know what I mean? Like, just give me the attention. Let me go. Let me just go. And it's the yeah. audience just isn't into it. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's like definitely traps as well that you have to 100% avoid. Yeah. But I do agree with like the idea that like um, as the host, you really want to promote the other comedians. Yes. You know, so yeah. when, when I'm, I did this, the last hosting job that I did, um, the, the you know, the the bar was like, we're going to try to like, you know, sell beers and stuff like that. And people, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. So I went up and I was just like, you know, when I'm up here, perfect opportunity to go to the bar. Great opportunity to go to the toilet. You know, if you yeah, see yeah, my yeah. face, think of peeing. I say the same thing. Yeah. Like go out when I'm on stage. Like yeah. When there's a comedian on yeah. stage. Yeah. So I think there's like uh, some definite yeah. uh, good points but about stuff like that. Yeah. But especially in Denmark, when the host is the only one who gets paid. So then you're really there it's really a job for you whereas mm. the other ones can uh, you know work on their craft you have to work as a host yeah yeah man you know one of the most inspiring people that i've seen as a host is panilla panilla harland she is a good host Ooh. and her so professionalism good. we did this english we did the joke factory, joke factory at yeah. salt and she greeted every single person that came in. We must have yeah. sold like 80 tickets or something, 100 so tickets. Yeah. She greeted them. She took them down to the stairs and she seated them. Yeah. And then she went on stage and she fucking murdered. And then she was just great throughout the entire evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh, the hosting job doesn't necessarily start when the show starts. No, it's, the hosting yeah, job yeah. can start when you're greeting people and welcoming them because yeah, you're creating yeah. the experience from the moment people arrive. Yes. And, and oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good, uh, good way to start it. It is. It's a really good way to start it. And yeah. so I took that on board with us when we did our comedy tour around Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went to a bunch of venues and we divided, there was like five or six of us, or five of us. And then we divided the roles and we said, okay, yeah. you're the welcomer and you're going to take tickets and then you're going to show people to their seats. And yeah. it was such a better experience for the yeah. audience because they were like, oh, we've, how many people are you? Three. Okay. We recommend you guys sitting here. Oh, yeah, you yeah. love comedy got some great spots for you up here yeah, yeah, yeah. oh you guys just want to you're big you want a table there you go so the people felt like really looked after and yeah. that's what i noticed with what panilla did at that joke factory at salt she people really felt like she gave them their attention her yeah, attention yeah. you know oh, that's so good yeah 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 maybe that's something she picked up from the uk yeah maybe yeah yeah so i was listening to a podcast i think it was rogan's podcast and he had these um comedians from the uk yeah and they were saying that at some gigs, the audience members get stickers that oh. say, talk to me or don't talk to me. Oh. Yeah. Okay, in different colors? Yeah. Yeah. So I sense. think green was like, you can talk to me if you're the host. Yeah. And yeah. then red was, I don't want to be talked to. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that kind of that interesting? That is very interesting. I try to, I want to talk to the audience, but I try to read their faces. But mm. maybe if you don't have that much time. 
then if you're one of the comedians who also wants to talk to people, yeah, then because as a host, you actually get some time to look them in the face. But if you're just doing a five minute spot, yeah, then maybe, yeah, you don't have the the time to do that yeah i think they were saying that it's just like really politically kind of charged environment in yeah. some of those rooms and some people don't they feel like i don't know if you if the comedian addresses them they get triggered or they just mm. well, they just want to go there and watch a show like it's yeah, a movie yeah, yeah. they don't want to yeah. be part of the show yeah and as the host i i'm i'm like i guess i'm i'm pretty observant about how engaged people are and they kind yeah. of give me the facial cues that I think, okay, this person wants to interact. Or, you know, you, you yeah, can kind yeah. of tell. But I was thinking of like adapting the sticker system mm. uh, for like a couple of shows that we got coming up. and Maybe that's good. Yeah, but yeah. maybe doing it like, do you want to get roasted? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want a roast sticker? A gr mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, would you want a roast sticker? I did the show in Ardendal in the south of Norway. Yeah. And uh, these dudes were like, well, you got to, you know, it was a group of buddies that are sitting in the front row and they were yeah. into it. You know, yeah. they loved comedy and they hadn't seen a show in ages. And they were like, oh, you got to roast him. No, you got to roast him. You got to roast him. You got to roast him. And then I was like, yeah. okay, let's, let's do it. And like the yeah. mood was right. It was a wild environment. And then yeah. I roasted these guys, a couple of dudes that had a great time. And then we had the break and they're like, oh, you got to roast him. You got to roast him. And then I kept roasting them. And then uh, after the show, like three or four different groups of people came up and said, oh, I wish you roasted me. Oh. I wanted you to roast me. I was like, I wanted you to roast me. And I was like, oh, some people are just in it for the sport. Really, yeah, yeah. You know, they're in, they're, they want to experience like roasting with their buddies. Yeah, yeah. And I've roasted a few people, like all, all in like obviously good fun. Yeah. And then afterwards, they've come up and I, I gave some guy a nickname like Elon Musk or whatever. Yeah, he looked yeah. like Elon Musk. And then later on, he came up and goes, man, all my friends are going to call me Elon Musk now forever. I'm like, yeah, hey, Elon, let's go. So it's like it's, yeah. it's crazy, like the impact that you can have on people yeah. as a host in a positive way by doing something like roasting them. Yeah, so true. Yeah. It's also I got um, I had there was somebody who told me when I was very new mm when I was talking about, I don't have stage fright, but obviously it's a bit intimidating, you know, the first couple of times you try stand up and then he said, okay, try to think of it as they're not watching you, you're watching them. Mm. So in the shift of power, then also we will become more observant, yeah. more observant, but also it's, it's so much easier. I'm yeah. standing talking and I'm watching them. Yeah. What are they doing right now? Yeah. So I can say that when I'm stage. I was like, oh, I love that you two looked at each other or, you know, mm. and then they realize that, oh, okay, she's also watching us. It's not just a machine doing yeah. stand-up. It's someone who can interact. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the beauty of stand-up as well is breaking the fourth wall. Yes. I think like once you've just like smashed through it and we're in this together. Yeah. And my view as a host is I'm, a part of the crowd i'm just happen to be standing up on stage yes like i'm it. i'm yeah. one of you guys and I, i've just got the mic right now yeah yeah you know there's this like improv term i did some improv theater for a while and there's this improv term which i take with me when i'm on stage doing hosting and it is don't try to be interesting try to be interested and then, oh, and that kind of plays into yeah, what yeah. you were saying about observing them. Try to be yeah. interested in them. Yes. And sometimes you can like go down a rabbit hole with the people, with one person or a group of people. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you're like really interested in like, how did you guys meet? Or how was the, this is the first date? Whatever it happens to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think paying so attention true. to the audience is uh, so necessary. Funny. And, and the flip side of that is when a host just does bits. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, you're not like really tuning into the vibe. You're just bits, 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 bits. Mm. And when I'm hosting, I don't do as well doing bits as when I do just talking to the crowd. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think also people have a different hosting style, but I like that very much because that's that's why you go to live stand-up. That's why yeah. you don't watch it at home where it's free. You mm. pay to actually get the interactive experience Yeah. in a way. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. I think so, at least. But it was fun. I did a gig in Denmark and I was um, talking to someone in the audience and then I was doing that. There was a consent joke. And I was like, can I say your name? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, because nobody, <laughs> no, and I was like, nobody's ever said no to me before. And no. that's so sounds so privileged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was fun because, and then his friends were like crying of laughter. I was like, oh, okay, what's up? And they were like, oh, we actually sat in the front, and he said his greatest fear was if was if his one of the comedians started to talk to him, and I did exactly that. Ah, that's but that's funny. the only time my judgment hasn't been correct. Yeah, because he looked like he wanted me to talk to him. Yeah, but then yeah. Wow, uh, that was that was fun. So you never learned his name? I never learned his name because I didn't get a consent <laughs> no, to say it. I couldn't. You can't I do couldn't it. go after it. It was like that yeah, was the yeah, yeah. meaning of the joke. But that then that became the joke. Yeah. yeah. And also, it was a guy in um, in Paris. I was doing a gig. Mm. weren't that many people, and it was this guy, and he was. He was, yeah, he was a bit, uh, he, he really liked to talk to the comedians mid-joke. And then he was like, he wanted to say some stuff. And the comedians were like, okay, but what if you just write down your thoughts and then you can ask us later because you're talking in the middle of the joke. <laughs> also, sometimes what he said was funnier. So yeah. maybe that was irritating for the, the comedians. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then he said something to me in French while I was performing. And I did not understand what he was saying. And then I stopped to try to talk to him. But then it was like, uh, uh, and then I just had to yeah. go to the next joke. Yeah. yeah. Jump ship. Yeah. Huh. Is there a big stand-up scene in Paris? It is. Yeah, it is quite big, both wow. in French and in English. Really? You can do shows maybe one or two times every day in Paris. In, in English. English? In English. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Berlin and Amsterdam has a reputation of being very international. Yeah. But... Paris is also coming. Yeah, okay. With the English scene. So many Americans living there, so many English speaking, and also French who wants to do it in English. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a big scene. Huh. Yeah, I lived in Paris about 20 years ago yeah. for six months, and uh, I wasn't into stand-up comedy then, but uh, I definitely got the feeling that there was, a, there was an American university in Paris, yeah. and I was hanging out there with a bunch of Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah. So now the scene has evolved, or it's kind evolved of grown. so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some contacts if you Yeah, I'd love to. Ever wanna, yeah, <laughs> ever I definitely go. do. I definitely yeah. do. You know, like, we did this three-week tour around Norway, and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like, we were just, like, a, a group of friends with girlfriends and dogs in camper vans just cruising around for three weeks, and so. it was... It was, it was perfect. It was the yeah. perfect way to spend a summer holiday. It sounds so good. It was great. And then I kept on thinking like, okay, what's next? And yeah, then it's yeah. Europe. It is. Yeah, and it's also it's, your maternal language. So it's, yeah. yeah. I have, uh, I have like, you know. An it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Proving a point. An advantage. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it would be like really fun to, you know, like cruise down from uh, Denmark and then through Germany and then across to Amsterdam. Yeah, and then, and all then around that area. Paris. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you um do you speak Norwegian? Yeah. Yeah. And do you perform in Norwegian? I do. Yeah, you do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it's it's really good. I have this kind of style when I'm performing for a Norwegian audience. I yeah. guess you and I have just mostly performed at English at Joke yeah. Factory, yeah, right? Yeah, All yeah. English. 
But a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll do the setup in English and then the punchline in Norwegian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I'll really mix it up. Like a lot of my set is, uh, I, I do uh, an all Norwegian set as well. Yeah. But the best results and the most fun is when yeah. it's just like this language salad just yeah, like for, yeah. but just mixing it all up and and then it's great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that's kind of like what i enjoy doing yeah yeah, yeah. i see yeah yeah because yeah, also uh, how do you um how do you think oh the the mix up with languages oh i don't think i could have done that yeah. that sounds very interesting but how do you when you're on stage how do you think then I isn't just, that harder to do the mix up with two uh, languages in one setup but you know i have such a mixed up speaking style every day okay, anyway yeah. like i've got two kids and they'll start a yeah. sentence in norwegian and finish it in english okay, and i'll, I'll do the same sense. yeah and some concepts just seem to work better in particular languages yeah you know what i mean like hey you have to go outside yeah <laughs> you know shit like that yeah, yeah so yeah. it just it's just a natural part of how i talk and yeah. even like when i'm in a working environment yeah. talking to clients or talking to colleagues it's yeah. always just like the same kind of mix mash of language yeah. and you know like you see like kids that grow up with these you know one mom speaks french the dad speaks spanish and then yeah. the household language is english yeah. whatever it is it's always just like different words and different languages 100%. getting tossed out all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. so when i'm on stage I, I just kind of that's that's who i am and i just naturally channel yeah. channel it but okay. i started you know one of the things like when i was learning norwegian a lot of people were making fun of me because yeah. my uh, accent was kind of you know like whack and i would say yeah. things wrong and my friends would always laugh at me and i would yeah. get things wrong and you know it was all in like good humor but then like i started to understand like oh the way that you can say something in a foreign language is just naturally funny because yes. of your accent yeah or the way that you have an intonation or just the fact so that true. an australian guy is saying a punchline in norwegian is kind of ridiculous yeah, yeah. so I, i try to channel that Oh, that's so fun. My mom, mm. she took Norwegian uh, uh, education in like Norwegian courses. And she said it was a guy who was from Australia, actually. Ah. And he, he was saying, uh, she said she had so much fun. You, they were reading the um, Kadius and Baktis. Mm. Yeah, the book. Yeah. And then he said, like, instead of Hugutahaket, he was like, Hugutahaket, Hugutahaket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just funny the way he pronounced it. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember that. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that I learned from that as well is, like, when I'm hanging out with friends and yeah. they, like, you know, roasting me or like we're roasting each other or just yeah, having yeah. friendly banner. If somebody says something and it kind of like hurts a little bit, yeah. then I know it's true. And then I know it's funny. So like when I did this tour last year, we did yeah. this uh, same kind of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, these these uh, these guys were like making fun of me because I was the oldest one there. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, granddad. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I should make jokes about being the oldest yeah, one here. Yeah, because you're, yeah. Yeah. And so then we had this one comedian who at the time, I think it was like 20 years old or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if I followed him, I would say something like, oh, you know, let's, I'm the oldest comedian. Let's give it up to Felix. He's so young. You know, yeah. uh, I think I met him on Epstein's Island. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could just play into it, play yeah. into who you really are. And yeah. if somebody says something and you feel that, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, at, yeah. they're onto something, whether you like it or not, then that's a truism. And yeah. if it's a truism, you can make a joke out of it. Yeah. And it's more funny because people know that it's real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's always be been believable. It yeah. is. And yeah. that's why like when I'm hanging out with friends or even my girlfriend or even the kids yeah. if they say something that's making fun of me i go mm. ah 
I can make fun of myself on yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just invite the bullies to come. I invite them. Go for it. And I, you know, I've been teased a lot. Sometimes yeah. in good nature, sometimes in bad nature. Like Inia is a weird name, yeah. right? So you're growing up in Australia in like yeah. the 80s and the 90s, people go, they're all called Greg and Rick and Dave, and yeah. you got this weird name called Inia, and people are making fun of you, and you yeah. go, huh? I can make fun yeah. of that. Let me make fun of that too. Yeah. So. You know, I, I welcome it. Yeah. Mm. You have also been like the Tasmanian devil, devil vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And people say, oh, you know, come on. Hey, let's go crocodile hunter. I'm like, oh, yeah. crocodile hunter. <laughs> yeah. That's a big stereotype. I'm yeah. going to use it. Yeah. How do you get inspiration for jokes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I like, because you said you did some improv, mm. right? And I, I like the thought I took took some courses in improv and I like the yes and. Yeah. Or the, and then I also translate like what if. Mm. So sometimes I have something happens and then I think, oh, but what if? Mm-hmm. And then I just work on it. So uh, as I remember, like I have some gotcha. topics. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. have some. Sometimes I think, what do I want to say mm. with this joke that I'm never going to say? Yeah. So sometimes I make a lot of jokes with pricing, housing prices. Yeah. I think they're ridiculous. Yeah. And I also think investors investing in prices and also looking at the fact that people have usually earned money from war mm. to finance housing, buying housing. So, but that I would never say on stage. I would never say those words on stage. But then I think, which scenario can I use where I can, this is the, my opinion, but it's camouflaged as a joke. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and then I say, what if, okay, what if, okay, I don't have that much money. I can only use, uh, I I can't afford a real estate agent. It can only be Utlai Meglan. Mm. And then, okay, what if you went to a house visiting with your Utlai Meglir? Yeah. And then what if, and what if, and what if, and build on that. Okay. So you'll just create what if scenarios that have humor in them. Yeah. But it's always the, the setup or the, it's always real. Yeah. Because so, then it's easier to think, what if? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the premise is based in reality and premise then you spin is, it out. Yeah, premise is always based in reality. Because yeah. I want to live a life where the premises are real. Mm. Setup can be uh, exaggerated. Definitely. But, yeah, yeah, but the premise is always real. Yeah. In every single joke, actually. Yeah, I like exaggerating punchlines too. Yeah. And, and I like it when I see comedians that take things to like the most ridiculous level. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, you're going there and yeah, there. Oh, I thought this was the end. Oh, you got more? <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, uh, it's a really important thing for me that the premise is real because that is how I can think. I can't just make a fake premise. I've also seen people who, it's not fake necessarily, but maybe they had a boyfriend and then they broke up. But then in the joke, they still say, oh, with my boyfriend. Mm. So if I would have the same scenario, I have a boyfriend. Um, so then if I talk about dating, I say, before I met my boyfriend, I was blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, But it's very important to me to have that before I met my current boyfriend because that is that that is the premise. Yeah. That is where I am. Mm. And then the premise of being single is also real in the uh, in the past. And yeah. then I build the what if from that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I've been in that situation before as well where yeah. like I've made jokes about, uh, you know, being in a relationship. Yeah. And then like I have another joke that just comes to me about like going on Tinder dates. Yeah. And people go, wait, I thought you were, weren't you in a relationship yeah. and now you're talking about 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a disconnect there. And if you fuck up that disconnect yeah. by not saying, oh, before when I went on a Tinder date, yeah, yeah, yeah. the audience goes, oh, we, we kind of see that this isn't yeah. all based in truth and reality. You're yeah. just trying to say things that are funny that don't connect. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing with the fact that if I'm single or not, that mm. has to be true on stage. Yeah. But then I can, you can do, you can make it fun. It's like, oh, but when I was single, I played Tinder. Yeah. And then the use of the verb makes it funny. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. Shit. Now, there's so many different ways to come up with jokes. And, you know, one of the things that I get most inspired by when it's like comedy is just conversations with people. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just talking to people and we're like, got a good tone and then we're riffing. And I go, oh, yeah. that's something that would work on stage. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the flip side of that scenario is when I'm just like, okay, I've got a spot that I want to come up with some five new minutes like tomorrow or something. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there forced to like think of premises it's like a whole different kind of like because i know if i'm having a conversation with a friend and we're both laughing i'm I'm onto something i just gotta you know work out the premise a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. but then just sitting down by myself and going what in the world is funny what's funny that is funny sometimes i i try to have a process of sitting down and writing i'm so bad at it but i'm trying to get better but the thing is that if something is funny i write a note on my phone yep and then when I sit down, I take up all my notes. It's like, okay, which premise can I work with? Mm. And then I start to write. Yeah. But then I sit down and put a timer on. Okay, I'm going to write for 20 minutes. And then I sit and write. Gotcha. And even that is hard. Just 20 minutes. Are, are you... Uh, constantly writing in that 20 minutes just like free from thinking writing or are you going set up punchline set up punchline it is oh it's hard because it's so new yeah this process is very new Mm. but i i try to try to write no i do the i do the second one the latter where you set up punchline maybe and change some stuff but i'm always working with the stand-up i don't go on the World Wide Web or something. I'm just, I'm gotcha. just on that document for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then if I need some more information, I just put it as a comment or something. Oh, check out something about, I don't know, Utlai Meglan. And yeah. then I just write that so I can do it when the 20 minutes are done. I got you. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So I try to have the 20, but I'm, my concentration is is bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. I, um, I, I write the same jokes in different ways. I try to be like, okay, this is the joke. How can you do that three different ways? Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a, that's something that I try to work on. And I go, okay, can and let's say it's a topic like whatever, like real estate prices or something. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll be like, okay, here is uh, two. Let, let's just say here, here's one setup and punchline. Yeah. But can I do the same premise with a different setup and punchline that makes the same point? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just try to challenge myself yeah, to get different the... perspectives. And so sometimes I'll try to like get, let's say it's a, a somebody selling real estate and somebody buying real estate. Yeah. Then I'll try to put the perspective from the real estate agent's side. And then I'll try to put the perspective from the person who's selling side and uh, see whether I can oh. get something out of it, you know, because later on I could, I could say, you know, so, oh, and then the real estate must be thinking, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to like try to get as much money out of this as possible. Oh, and then the other, yeah. you know, like just to try to like paint a, a diff, a broad of a picture as possible from yeah. different people's perspectives. And then I can like slash a perspective or, or yeah, always yeah. or draw on it a little bit later. Okay. So you, you um, change perspective from the eye in the situation to being kind of an omnipotent sort of uh, 
third person describing a relationship between two people. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Very Be- interesting. Because then I could slide into different characters on stage. Okay. So yeah. then I could be like, yeah, well, check out this bathroom. All of it, you know what I mean? I can yeah, act yeah. things out from their point of view. Yeah, yeah. If if I wanted to. Because that's one of the things that like I admire in a lot of comedians is their ability to perform different roles. Yeah. Like even having conversations with themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm oh, like he said the bathroom was clean. But the bathroom was the whatever it yeah, is, you know, yeah. like just switching it up like that. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, from my experience with improv, like being able to just switch into different characters and be so believable and doing object work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just stuff yeah, like yeah. that we, can be really funny. Yeah. It, and it all just is different tools to paint a picture as detailed as possible. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting. That is really interesting. I yeah. haven't thought about it, but it's a really good. It's a really good exercise for just seeing stuff from this different perspective. Because maybe if you, because I would naturally be like the the rent the one who's renting, mm. not the landlord. But actually, one could make a really funny joke from the landlord's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't write from that perspective, it's harder to. It's harder to see it. Yeah. I, I, here's a, here's an example. Um, you know the story about that uh, walrus Freya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her perspective. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. just, oh, look at this nice boat. I'm yeah, going to just yeah. catch some waves and oh, I didn't have yeah, to work yeah. for this. And let me order some champagne whilst I'm here. Like, so like seeing different perspectives from characters who don't have voices as well yeah. is something that I think is really interesting to communicate humor to an audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so what's that man doing yeah. with the gun? Why is he pointing it at me? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So th- that's that's kind of like uh, that's one thing that I like to do, yeah. because uh, I, I you know I I mean this is like I, I I think that like different perspectives is what makes comedy great, yeah. and that's why when you go and do a show with so many different comedians, you get so many different perspectives, mm. and I really enjoy. Uh, experiencing that yeah yeah with someone who has done the research is yeah. really yeah because sometimes you can get a perspective for someone who's like do you know these people even you're but if you do the research while writing the joke you exactly. have to yeah and that's what i love the yeah. research part you know what i mean yeah. like you could explore a topic you can be like oh what they did that that's yeah. crazy why did they do that oh they did that because they would make more money yeah huh. oh that i have i really have um i really have a premise i haven't that I think is really funny, mm. but I haven't worked with it. But actually, with the perspective, I think I can work with it. Yeah, because it's um, because at um, the the graveyard in Paris, Père Lachaise, it's like it's so expensive. Like people buy spots for the graveyard, you know, like mm. fifty year in advance. Oh my god! Yeah, and then there's this woman who has a gravestone. But she's not dead yet, so she comes and wash it like two times. No! <laughs> yeah. no! And I was thinking, like, okay, maybe uh. I can do it from her perspective, actually, because I didn't. She's on Instagram and everything is crazy, and I was like, I'm dying to make that joke, oh. but I haven't, I haven't gotten the inspiration yet. I haven't sat down with that premise, yeah, and just how, yeah, how am I describing that rent in Paris is so expensive? You're even paying for it before, like, for your death. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, but I haven't, I haven't gotten the right yeah no shit so that's what she does she does she yeah. she's got a great a headstone that's not oh f- it's a statue oh <laughs> she got a statue she's going all in she's going all in is i it, love it. it is it what's it a statue of of her no she's got a statue of herself yes Oh. And the thing with Père Lachaise is like you get, you pay for it. And then when you die, you stay there for a hundred years, unless you're famous, mm. then you can stay there for the rest of eternity. It's sort of a, 
you want to be there to not be forgotten, right? Yeah. But like, it seems as if she uses more time polishing her grave, like her, like her, the gravestone, than to actually become famous. Yeah, but we're talking about her. Yeah. So maybe it's um, working. Yeah, maybe it's working. That's Holy it. yeah, shit. Yeah. It's that's inception is really yeah, crazy. That's meta as yeah, fuck. Meta She's as fuck. getting famous by doing the thing that she wants to be famous for, for to stay there for longer than a hundred years yes and she's got an instagram account yeah that's like, how you know about her no 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 because uh we um went to the graveyard and then it was this um, guy who just jumped out of a bush he was like i'm gonna show you the graveyard and we were like okay we understand <laughs> that he wanted some money for it yeah but it, we were walking around and he was like pointing out that grave and she's like oh that woman there she's not even dead yet she comes two times a week to wash it. holy <laughs> so shit further yeah yeah there's so many ridiculous people in this yes. world but it's like with that i can kind of understand the fact that you're a bit afraid of dying and being forgotten but the thing is that it's a weird way to make the impact mm. of yeah. i want to have an impact so my gravestone statue would be there yeah for eternity yeah so. I, I don't get the being afraid of getting forgotten thing it's like yeah. you're alive now yeah like, you know what well, you're not forgotten now no, like just to call somebody that you love and to have, have yeah. dinner with them you will always live in the memories of the people who loves you and even they're gonna die and in yeah. a generation or two once i mean your grandkids are gonna like oh i remember grandma she was this yeah, nice yeah, lady yeah. that made me cookies and then when they're dead that's it yeah you know what i mean you're not gonna get remembered forever maybe like people are like you know oh yeah you did some youtube videos or yeah. this and that but like, but that's the beauty of the now. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a beauty of the stand-up as well. It's right now is what you do on stage. It's yeah. It's really doing stand-up in different languages makes the fact that you can go to different scenes, you can do more stand-up and 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 actually have the more nows in different different languages. That's what I love about it. That's why I do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I I got this coin that I carry with me every day that says uh, you could l I think it's on one side it's Latin and it says memento mori yeah remember and then, you're gonna die exactly yeah. and then the other side it says you could leave earth at any moment or something you could leave remember you could leave life right now yeah that's how they translated it oh yeah okay and then I'm like yeah you could leave life right now or you could yeah. whatever so yeah. just make the most out of whatever now is yeah and I feel like that's such an important perspective to keep in mind because yeah. like that woman or people who are afraid of getting forgotten they're not taking advantage advantage of the moments that they have right now no that's it yeah yeah yeah. are you a like a, a religious person or a spiritual no, person uh no not I'm at not. all a little something no, no i'm not no no but no. It, i respect everybody who is i respect religion i respect spirituality but i'm yeah. not hmm. touched myself no, no, no. okay yeah. do you have any kind of thoughts about the afterlife or any kind of you know what do you think is so i think I don't know. I think being dead is the same as being unborn. Yeah. 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 I think so too. Yeah. But it was, it wasn't a bad time before I was born. So I guess. It was pretty boring actually. <laughs> it was like fucking just hanging out in yeah, the, yeah. in the, in the place in the, between worlds. Just, just hanging, waiting for to be reincarnated. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to, yeah. Reincarnation is interesting. Isn't it? It is very interesting. That is, I, I, I feel more secure of the, the, the theory of reincarnation than heaven. What theory of, what version of reincarnation? Are the you Hindu, leading? Hindu version must be, but it's also like, um, I can't, okay, but you can actually, oh, is that Buddhism where it's Nirvana? Mm. Yeah, maybe that's Hinduism as well. I'm not. It's a long yeah, time. Yeah, Buddhism and Hinduism, I believe, both share the, the version Nirvana, of yeah. yeah. And although Buddhism is a much more the eighth 
eight wheel, like they have more. Yeah. Oof, because <laughs> there's my mother is Hindu. Like I did a Hindu puja yesterday. What's a Hindu puja? Like I was holding it. They were throwing flowers at some statues of God that she has in the bedroom. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I, I always, I respect it. But so that's yeah. a form of worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was holding, uh, I was holding like a gold necklace, and we were like making it holy. I don't quite know what I was. So, so she was like, "You can't eat meat today, and you have to hold this necklace in front of." the pictures of gods okay and we did that and she was like oh we're gonna throw some flowers at them and yeah. i threw some flowers and i and i got like the thing in the the pitu the the red spot mm, what does that mean the uh the red spot it, uh, what does it symbolize symbolize uh, i've heard different stuff like you can the black or the red symbolizes if you're married or not yeah and but then the red one that she gave me, I think it's just the fact that you've done some holy ritual. But now I'm not sure. Ah. I'm, I'm sorry to all my Hindu Hindu fans out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, because there's two versions of reincarnation yeah. that I've been exposed to. Yeah, the one version is that you're gonna get reincarnated based on your karma. Yeah. Into a different life form. So if you're a good person, yeah. I know you come back as like a, you know, a human to a happy family or something like that. Yeah. And if you're a piece of shit, you know, you come back as like a fucking whatever, a cockroach or something. Yeah. And then there's another version that is you're going to come back and live the same life until you get that life perfect. Oh. So, yeah. And the second one fucks with me. But the second one, is that based on religion or is it more of a outstanding theory outside of the five religions? I, I think it's a strand of Hinduism or Buddhism. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I, th I think within that religion, there's uh, this yeah. phil philosophical concept. And that's the one that I think, if it's true, what am I doing in this life so that this is the last one? Um, how can I get this one perfect? Do you think Do you think stand-up has made that perfect? Yeah. Or do you think you're back think so. to zero? No, no, no. <laughs> I think it made it perfect. Yeah, like, this time. I think so. And yeah. it, 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 it always fucks with me a little bit yeah. because it helps me do things that I think I should be doing. And if I oh. don't want to do something but I think I should be doing, I go, oh, you know, like you're like th maybe this is the point where you have to come back because of this one decision. No. Yeah. But I think I think actually you learning to say no mm. is more of the way to get to the final stage. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too, especially the things that I don't want to do. Yeah. But the things, some, I'm also torn on that as well a little bit because I don't always want to go to the gym. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't always want to like spend an hour riding, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And then I go, oh, yeah, but... Even though you don't want to do it, you know that it's something that's good for you to do. Is this yeah. one of those things where, you know what I mean? And you, you can't spend too much time deliberating yeah. on stuff like this. Okay. But I, I, I often think of what is the most um, flourishing version of this life that I can live. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. But wait, okay, in regards with the, the gym question, mm. is it more of a, you should go to the gym or can you say, okay, I don't want to go to the gym, but I should move. So I go for a walk for an hour. Yeah, I think. And listen to a podcast, for example. Yeah, I think there's some variations yeah. on it. Yeah, so so even if you feel as if you should do something, it should be more of a, like the altern, 
alternate ways of having the same goal. Yeah, I think I think that's a part of it. But also I think like say for example, if I have the the goal of training each body part twice a week. Yeah. Then I go, oh, I don't feel like training that body part this week. And going for a walk isn't quite the same as doing what I wanted to set my mind to. We should walk in squats then. Squat. Yeah, I was <laughs> squatting in the park with my dog. Come here, buddy. I'm going to feed you some more like, food but, so you're heavier. But you and him, like, yeah. squat down to take a dump. That's it's like, oh, dad, not in front of me. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with the concept of eudaimonia? No. I think it was uh, Aristotle who answered this question on what makes a good life. And then he came up with this concept of eudaimonia like 2000 years ago. Okay. And the concept is like, it's not just pleasure based. You know, you shouldn't just do things that you're, you know, find pleasure in because, mm. you know, you could just end up fucking playing video games all day. Yeah. But his idea of eudaimonia is like living this flourishing, well-balanced, happy life that involves you expressing yourself to your full potential in all of the areas that create balance. Oh, yeah. So like if you're in a relationship and you're like pursuing stand-up, it might not be a flourishing life if you're just focusing all on the stand-up and then mm. your relationship turns to shit. Yeah. Like you really have to try to express yourself in all areas of your life to create yeah. this flourishing eudaimonia yeah. balance oh yeah so yeah that's what we talked about a bit earlier when i said i listened to a, a podcast with uh, jerry seinfeld yes and talking about the fact that some some comedians think that you know or some bookers think that comedians should be these broken people mm. who don't know how to manage and uh, and stuff like that whereas he did not get the the full he didn't get the respect of Mitzi in uh, a company store in L.A. Mm. due to the fact that he wasn't broken. So he didn't fit in with the misfits. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a narrow perspective to have on what a performer should be, though. Yeah. But also, I also think that, you know, bookers have that, you know, oh, this is our this is our sort of vibe. This is what we earn money on. So we should, I think, also think it's a narrow perspective. Yeah. But I can also understand a booker where, oh, she has a comedy place mm. and it's with these type of people, it's this, this type of... Yeah, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. But I also actually talked to a guy in Paris. Mm. Uh, he came from New York and he had been a regular performer at the comedy store in LA. Nice. And he did it for some time. And then he said, you know, it was fun. But the thing is that if I continue, I think my stand up was going to be in a certain way. Yeah. Because of the fact that there's one person judging, there's one person, and, you know, people copying. Yeah. Maybe maybe subconsciously as well, you know, yeah. the themes you choose and then suddenly you become this, okay, this is the stand-up comedian. You have to be mm. to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of traps out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? For, for, for me, I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that the audience has a good time and yeah. that everybody's happy and that, you know, yeah. the bookers are happy and people are buying tickets and, you know, buying 100%. beers and having fun. Yeah. But it's like one of the reasons that I got into stand-up was because I wanted to express myself. Yeah. I, I wanted to like, I had thoughts and things that I believed in and perspectives that yeah. I wanted to share. And I actually, you know, like on, on the on the flip side of that, I, I, I know a lot of, uh, I have a, several friends yeah. um, that are constantly constantly trying to shove opinions down your throat yeah and i'm like man you should just go up on stage and tell this because yeah. i can see that you have so much stuff that you're frustrated about getting out yeah. and you know you're trying to just squeeze it into this dinner and this isn't really the right format for that no. like we're all just trying to like have a good time and your views on fucking this or that it's yeah. like it's, this isn't the perfect opportunity for a monologue no. but if you have a monologue in you get it out there. get it out yeah. like let's yeah. hear it let's go for it make it funny don't make it funny. whatever you want to do 
but like it must be frustrating for a lot of people, and I know it is for these particular people, yeah. that uh, they just really want to get their views uh, out there, yeah. uh, but they don't have the, um, I guess it's the confidence or the, des- uh, you know what I mean, to like stand up on a stage and like want to yeah. formulate it in front of an audience. But that's yeah. really what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't know what inspired me to do stand-up. I just thought it was so fun with the live version version, mm. in contrast to the ones I've seen on Netflix, which I loved, but it was not the same as no. seeing it live. And I thought that would be fun to do. Yeah. And I've it, never, yeah. And it is the fun. It's, yeah. it's the most fun. It's the most fun. I've never felt that anybody has, uh, that I haven't had an outlet to, to speak. Mm. And it was more the fact that I love the art of, the stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they did the set-up punchline. They said something and then they said something totally different. Mm. And the, the element of surprise, I love that. You have to have the element yeah. of surprise. Yes. That's like 90% of where the joke yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, but I, I yeah, I, I think it was it was really fun when I found it and, and started to do it. Not necessarily because I had, after some time I felt as if I had something to say. In the beginning mm. it was more how to, understand the art yeah. that craft of it how to make a joke and then after some time i could translate that into okay what are my opinions and put them on stage as well yeah but camouflage as jokes exactly yeah yeah you know i'm i experience the same thing as you when i'm watching comedy specials unless yeah. i watch it with a group of friends yeah then it's so much better it's so much better, so much yeah. better because then we've got an audience i'm like yeah. oh this is hey that was cool yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes such a difference when i'm trying to watch a comedy special by myself even though yeah. it's good i'm just not as engaged no. you know i'm not as like there and i guess that's what having you know um, buddies when you're watching something does it just creates that yeah live dynamic a little bit better yeah you know so i found like i need at least two people with yeah, me when you to watch, watch a it. stand-up special yeah yeah and i watch stand-up specials with my girlfriend as well yeah and it's it's nice it's, it's, it's better than watching it by myself yeah. but ugh, watching them with comedians is the best you like watching stand-up with comedians yeah, yeah. Well, i mean what's better than that i mean a hanging out with comedians is amazing <laughs> you know especially and, yeah. the people that you love yeah yeah. And then you're watching the thing that they all want to get better at yeah. by somebody who's really good at it enough to get a Netflix special or something. It's so true. It's so funny how uh, yesterday when we were at Josefinas, mm. um, we were, you know, the audience were in the room and then the comedians were just in the back. And sometimes you could hear that. And it was um, it was very warm inside the room. And I think they also heard some sounds from outside. Mm. So I think maybe for some people that was, it was harder to understand. But as a comedian, it's easy. You know, you can listen and how, how was the joke and how was a good joke. It's so funny how sometimes you know the audience didn't laugh but you could hear the comedians in the back were laughing yeah, 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 <laughs> it's like oh we got that yeah, <laughs> good one nice. yeah yeah how how um like tailored do you make your jokes for an audience like uh say for example if like last that example from last night the comedians yeah. got something maybe it yeah. was a reference or something like yeah, that yeah, do, yeah. do you try to you know, like make something so that the biggest amount of people can understand or? Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, this was, okay, so I was, um, sometimes I've started with the opener where I speak Danish mm-hmm. and then I say, no, but I'm from Oslo yeah. because I perform mostly in Danish. I've done that a couple of times here in Oslo and this time I wanted to do something new. And actually the host introduced me as, oh, she usually she usually performs in Denmark, but now she's in Oslo. And then I went on stage and I was like, oh yeah, no worries, I'm going to do it in Norwegian. And mm. then they started to laugh of that. And how I did was I just did some more general stuff. Mm. Just, 
you know, I actually translated the most of the material I did yesterday was translated from different languages into Norwegian, which was oh. also kind of so it was, it was set that I knew by heart, but in a different language. Mm. So doing it in Norwegian was actually quite hard because in my head it was in English, but I translated it beforehand. Yeah. But that was also kind of a general one where, you know, I'd make fun of my name. I, you know, make fun of my mom and my dad. And then I do some real estate stuff and then I circle back to my mom and dad. Yeah, okay. It was, it was kind of, it was... Um, it wasn't tailored for the audience. No. But it was more a general one. But yeah. if I uh, if I go to north of Denmark, for example, mm. I might tailor my jokes. Oh, I don't I don't think I tailor my jokes that much. No. But it's more of the maybe I'll leave, you know, the real estate, uh, my thoughts around marriage. Maybe I'll just leave them in Copenhagen and then maybe not take them on stage in uh, in Denmark. No, in north of Denmark. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. In Jutland. Yeah, because I've like been trying to like sometimes I'll make some real obscure references. Yeah. And like ninety percent of the audience won't get it. Yeah. But like two <laughs> dudes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. two Star Wars nerds. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, Oh yeah, sick reference, bro. Were you were you at um the joke factory when Carol was there? Uh, it's this girl from Ireland. No. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, because she did uh, Essex, and then it was too like woo, and just like yes. you're from Essex, and it's like yeah, and then they started to do the Essex accent because that was a joke for Essex Essex people. Uh, I don't know if that's the political correct term, but yeah, yeah. So so that was fun where she's like, oh, those two, she got those two, perfect. But then the audience started to laugh as well because they understood that they had something yeah that we don't understand because we're not from Essex. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I got I got a bunch of jokes like that that yeah. I have pretty like relatively obscure references, yeah. but I I I I just want to keep them in. Yeah, you know what I mean for the f for the for the few people that get it, you yeah. know. And I, I I like doing that. And I think the audience like maybe they missed that one, yeah. but it's okay. I got more for you guys. Oh, uh, speaking of tailoring jokes, like obviously I do it for different languages. Yeah, that is that is a very, yeah, of course yeah, you okay, have to okay, right. Yeah, I have to do it. So that yeah. maybe that's where I work with the tailoring it's more of the where am i country-wise mm. language-wise yeah then then how like if i then the specific audience in the specific room yeah but some doing english stand-up in norway and oh, uh, yeah yeah i see yeah yeah because if you're doing a joke about like maybe a suburb in oslo yeah then when you go to copenhagen you're going to make it a I suburb in copenhagen yeah yeah, yeah 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 i actually did that i was describing uh you know uh, stereotypes of guys i used to date yeah and then i was saying like three uh three unfinished bachelors from and then in denmark it was roskilde university and then in norway it was Blindang. yeah it, obviously i had to tailor that to to make it work yeah yeah huh. yeah Huh, nice. So that's. Yeah. I think I think that was my phone. Yeah, I think it was your phone. <laughs> Very unprofessional Blinging. of me. Yes. Yeah, so leave what that. are you doing? I'm gonna turn turn that turn that <laughs> off. My bad. You're so popular. <laughs> Just getting messages like, oh no, sorry, I'm too important for this podcast. Uh, with my name on it. Yeah, I d I just had a quick look. It was my friend. He's like, hey man, you're gonna come and train jujitsu at one thirty. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I don't think so. Enough. No, I'm not gonna make that one. Oh, I want to I want to say something yep, regarding um, uh, doing stand up in different languages, and yeah. it doesn't because um, uh, it doesn't have to be. I think this is my theory. It's not based on anything that is uh, scientific at all. Mm. But my theory with doing stand up in different languages is also the relationship you have with that language. Okay. So why do you speak this language? It's it's kind of the the thing I think about when I go on. Uh, that makes me want to do stand up in that language. 
So, so yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so every time I do stand up in a different language, it has to be a language where I don't only read it and but it has to be a language where I speak with it with friends. Yeah. So it's a language where I have a goal to be funny in it without the stage. Gotcha. So every single language I do stand up in is a language where I have I express joy and love. Okay. Because some some people, if you just learn Norwegian just to fill out the forms and talk with colleagues and be professional, mm. for me at least, it would be harder to do stand up in that language. Yeah. Because your your connotation with that language is, oh, that is the language I use to communicate professionalism. Yeah. So how can I be funny in it? Yeah. So so with English, for example, I speak English with most of my family who doesn't live in Norway, and then with Danish, I just learned Danish so they would understand me. Gotcha. My colleagues and then French was just fun because I wanted to learn it. So, huh. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought that if you spoke any language and you were naturally funny or had an inclination towards humor, that you would tr transfer your personality into that language regardless of... But I, I think that's that's it. It's maybe harder to translate your personality into language, which Definitely. you just, just have learned just to fill out some forms. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it would be hard for me. I don't speak that much Tamil, but uh, see, yeah, yeah, so it would be hard for me to do. Okay, also because I don't speak that much, but it would be hard for me to do stand up in that language. Cause yeah. What is my relationship with that language? I bet you'd nail it though. Oh, thank you. Don't you think? No, I don't. I don't. I barely speak it. Like it's, oh, okay. I can, so yeah, it's, it's pretty it's fundamental. Pretty fundamental. I couldn't do that. Okay, so your comprehension of the Tamil language isn't advanced enough yeah. to start crafting jokes yeah. but if i lived in sri lanka or like tamil Nadu in india for a while and got some french and friends and then learned how to speak tamil from the amicable relationship ah. then i think i could have performed in tamil as well so you're you're from sri lanka yeah or i'm from um, my parents are from sri lanka D didn't yeah. sri lanka go bankrupt like three months yes, ago yes that was the but now it's better my mom is traveling to sri lanka yeah. uh, next week actually okay so hopefully it's better uh but it, yeah that that was the picture went worldwide yeah. where you see people who demonstrate and then they jumped into the pool yeah <laughs> like let's go swimming <laughs> it's like that is i would 100 do that if i was storming some <laughs> i was al almost saying storming capital but yeah if i was storming some buildings yeah i would Let's take it. Turn into a pool, pool party. Yeah. Swim pool in the president's pool. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna pee in the president's pool. That's uh, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Shh, that's but yeah. Okay. Because uh, I don't know. Like, didn't like they declare that they like they're bankrupt. bankrupt they can't yeah. pay their debts, and so the, the whole things. it's basically economic collapse. Yeah, and also so much of the economy was based on tourism. So when oh, Corona yeah. hit, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Crazy and tourism also took a hit with that terrorist attack in yeah, 2018 yeah. In, or 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it did. You know, that was a crazy one because one of the dude's families that died in the attacking was Danish, one of Danish's yeah. wealthiest men. Lost three out of four children. Oh, that that's so yeah. fucked up. I don't think there's any money in the world. Too. Nah, no, not, not at all. I think was it maybe the W Hotel? It was like an it was a hotel. It was close to it, yeah. Yeah, because it was an attack on a church in uh, during Easter. Yeah, so then yeah. if that was in 2019, I'm sure tourism took a hit then, yeah, and then and in then, 2020, 2021, yeah. nobody's going anywhere. There's a lot of theories regarding that attack and why, and the president, the one who who's now fled. Yeah, there's a lot of theories around. He that. fled. He had to flee after they stormed the building. Oh, so wow. I, I'm quite sure he fled. So uh, he's like in Switzerland Raja, or something. Rajapaksha or? and his brother. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, because that's that's healthy where you have a president and then the prime minister is the brother. That oh, is yeah, that the was, setup? Like, such a nepotist. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's a, obviously there's a lot of corruption there then. Yes. Okay, yeah. so it's oh, that's fucked. Yeah. And what what are some of the theories then? The one theory I read, it was in a Danish newspaper, yeah. and um, I read that they knew about the attack. But then they didn't want to stop it because of the because there was some Indian Indians who worked in this Indian CIA I think sent the message that this would happen and mm. the names of it. But they didn't want to stop it because because that at that time the opposition was in lead, and then Rajapaksha wanted to go into power. So, but he would have you know the we're bringing safety to the country. Uh, I don't know if this is true. It's just a theory yeah. right in a Danish, but it's a it's a legit Danish newspaper who yeah. wrote this because mm. the Pope also wanted this to be examined yeah. due to the fact that it was a Catholic church. Yeah. So, but this this is a theory, yeah. and uh, I don't know if it's true. Just mm, to mm, clarify, yeah. um, but it's. Uh, yeah, and all these sort of factors melting into one boiling pot of then becoming bankrupt. But it's yeah. been, I think it's been bad management for, for many years. Mm. But then, you know, with having a budget that <laughs> in future we will earn this money and then obviously it didn't because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, and the attack. You know, when it comes to people acquiring power, I'm never surprised by things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's such an addictive feeling in human nature to get the leadership and if this happens to go that way and then people end up making terrible decisions just to advance their own position and it's it's so crazy just in norway now where we've had these cases with um the tax-free apartments and uh and also what was the newest one where where the norwegian (laughs) the ones who were taken and said, you've done something that is not allowed. They mm. got free like free access to a shrink. Yeah. And then people who would in, was in jail wrongfully mm. would not get the same accent, no. Uh, no, accent, uh, access to, to that. And you were just sitting there thinking, like, what is wrong yeah. with the society? Or how many goods? Because they're, they're sitting, there's a comedi- committee in the, in the government who just sits there. And, uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, the legislative... Um, uh, organ. Yeah. They're sitting there and like, oh yeah, we can make we can make the rules of the benefits you can have as a politician. Yeah. But it's so it's so funny to see that now because Norway is considered one of the richest countries in the world per capita. Yeah. And then people say we don't have the money to buy, you know, electricity, food in the one of the richest countries in the world. And then you have to stop and think like, okay, what are we doing right now? Yeah. Who's in charge? Yeah. And why are they making the decisions why that they're making? making? The decisions. Why, why are you prioritizing yeah. giving uh, mental health care yeah. to uh, politicians who are scamming the system yeah. and not to people who are victims of yeah, the system? Yeah, it's so crazy. It's I stupid. Think, I think also we've come to a time where we see some investors buying property and I think that you should have you know, votes mm. if they buy so much property that they're changing the whole city, the picture of the city. Yeah, You should just have a vote. Can they do that? Yeah. Can they acquire this? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the city mm. by buying, you know, apartments close to a coastline? Yeah. And then privatizing it so something that was public before will now be privatized, and mm. the people has nothing to say with it. Yeah. They can't. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up. You know, like one of the things, and it's kind of like that, but it's, maybe it's a bit different, and I'm not understanding the system properly. But there's mm. 
like in all of these developed parts of town, yeah. they have this private parking system. Yeah. So instead of like parking and then you pay to the government, like you have to pay to this parking company and yeah. it's so much more expensive. Yeah. And you don't get the same benefits as an electrical car driver. And I go like, say up around New Dolan, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is this street not? How did they end up passing that where now it's all private parking? Yeah. And I guess it's something to do with the developers. Yeah. You know, they, they develop this and then, okay, you get the parking thrown in. Yeah, yeah, And then they get some deals through and then. Yeah. It's so corrupt. It yeah. is. I just think that's human nature. Mm. And I would think that like in Norway, it's better than it is in Sri Lanka, but it's still fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to this dude the other day about Sri Lanka, actually, because I visited in 2018, loved it, had a great family vacation, a lot of surfing, experiencing the culture. And it was really nice. Sri Lanka is also quite close to Australia. Did you go there? No, it was just an Easter trip. But my mom came from Australia. My family from Australia came. We just met up in Sri Lanka. We did. So so I flew down with my daughter. They flew up from Australia and it was like a good middle point. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that this guy was saying was that the uh, harbor that they were building was... Uh, all they just built was like Chinese funded and that if they default on their payments, then the harbor gets owned by China Mm. and now they defaulted on their payments. So now that harbor goes to China and China are doing a lot of stuff like this all around the world, like especially in Africa with highways and harbors and controlling ports and what gets into a country now is under Chinese control. It is colonism. Yeah. Nothing short, but it's, it's, more hidden yeah it's, it's like, not it's not dividing it with a pencil yeah on a continent but it's still colonism it is it's economic it's like yeah you ever hear of that book or read it like uh, confessions of an economic hitman no i haven't but it sounds interesting yeah it was basically like they would do that they would give countries huge loans that they would probably never pay back with the interest rates and then they would basically own them and then America would like put in military bases yeah. or make sure that they passed particular laws. And it just feels like with Chinese expansionism globally yeah. across the world that they're doing things like that, like with the harbor in Sri Lanka and with yeah. the highways and the harbors in Kenya and across Africa. Yeah. Free. And then ask the question, why are these countries in debt? They never were able to actually develop something in their own country due to the old colonism. And mm-hmm. now there's a new colonism. So yeah. Yeah. So colonialism is such a dirty thing. Like it's so dirty. Like yeah. the, the country that I come from is a colony. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they just, yeah. the English went in and they just fucking yeah. literally committed genocide across Australia. Yeah. And then, oh, this is just, they plant the flag and then this is England. And they had this concept called terra nullius, which means no man's yeah, land. no man's land. So what they would do is they would just uh, like basically say, oh, there's some natives that are living here, but they yeah. don't own property. There's no concept yeah. of property ownership. Uh, across a like hunt together a society yeah. and so they would just go well these guys don't own property i guess we'll just own it then mm. and then they just take over an entire country yeah and that's what they did in australia yeah. just wiped out literally like 99 percent of the indigenous population yeah. and then now we've got a new continent so crazy isn't it it's so crazy and it's so funny how you you can kind of you saw it and think oh that was in the past and Mm. then you see how the world works now yeah it's like it's not in the past no it's happening right now but it's in smaller scales like big companies buying apartments Mm. yes oh yeah yeah that's them. but no but thinking of it in that manner that if you're as a as a person with an honest job working as a teacher or two teachers working together you can't buy property in oslo no that is 
the reality it right is. now. I, my, a friend of mine was in the newspaper because he inherited his family home mm. and he got this house worth 32 million kronos or something. Mm. And then he said, I couldn't afford to buy anything by myself. And yeah. then they published this study that said that uh, a nurse on a nurse's salary working full time can afford to buy less than 2% of all the real estate in Oslo. That's, that's what you can afford. It's crazy. Isn't it? And it's crazy with especially nurses working those hours, having maybe have to be close to the the hospital. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, all the stuff that does to your body, running around, helping people. And it's very physical work. And then they have to travel like, what, one and a half hour to go to Drammen or to Lillström yeah. just because that's where they can afford to buy property. Yeah. Which is those people should live in the city. They, they should. Not politicians. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Politicians live outside of Oslo. You just commute. Yeah. With your limo. I don't know. It's. Uh, and the thing is about being a nurse, my girlfriend's a nurse. Yeah. It's not just physically demanding, it's emotionally Mentally, and yeah. mentally yes, destroying. Yeah. Like so many nurses get burned out, my girlfriend included, and COVID mm. didn't do them any favors. No. And it's like, oh, we clap for you. Yeah, you're our heroes. Yay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, like the amount of people that have to get a sick leave because of mental stress and they just, their nervous system is just redlined and they're yeah. just fried. And my girlfriend works in the uh, ICU. So if you ever end up meeting my girlfriend at work, mm -hmm. it is like the worst day of your life, oh. literally. Oh. Like you are very close to death. So, and so she she's like caring for these people who have sig yeah. significant, issues health-wise and uh, a lot of nurses i think are people with a lot of empathy you know yeah, traditionally so well, like a lot yeah. of women and it's impossible for them not to absorb that yeah you know what i mean i i really believe in this you know like the concept of mirror neurons you know like where you kind of like a, you know if i if i watch a video of a guy getting kicked in the balls like my balls hurt mm -hmm. you know i go oh, oh or you yeah. see somebody having an accident you go oh yeah. That's a mirror neuron. Like you're absorbing a certain amount of yeah. the experience okay. of the person that you're watching. Okay, I uh, didn't know that was the name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Super, super cool concept. Yeah. But your mirror neurons as a, a nurse with a high degree of empathy must just be absorbing constant and relentless, continuous amounts of pain in perpetuity. Yeah. And there's only a certain amount that, of that that you can absorb before your nervous system and your mental health just mm. deteriorates to a point where you can no longer function properly. Oh. And add to that nurses working night shifts, yes. starting at 10 at night and then finishing at 8 p.m. Doing that like, you know, uh, four or five times every two weeks or a month or whatever it is, however many they mm. get rostered, that shit is a recipe for basically, you know, causing mental breakdown yeah yeah and physical breakdown as well mm. because turning turning those night shifts around takes a couple of days yeah. and your circadian rhythm is so fucked up yeah. so it's a it's a it's a, it's a travesty mm. that people that perform the most essential caregiving life affirming helping positions can't even afford to live at the place where they're providing this invaluable service yeah. Like, it's insane, it's insane to me. Yeah. Really insane. Huh. My dad's a nurse, actually. Is he? Yeah, he is. yeah. I met your dad. Yeah, yeah. I met, <laughs> I met your dad. That is one of the things of performing in Oslo. Like yeah. My whole family shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good sport. Yeah, he's a good sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the one time where he, he had to go to work. So he had to leave before I performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my dad left. Well, mm. <laughs> I used to ask a joke, though. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that one time. I just noticed that something fell down behind you. 
maybe oh. yeah well you know what it's have a look up oh. there you're right uh, uh it's my no it's not you it's this uh that one yeah that goofy oh should i put it up could you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you put it up and i'll uh just t- talk to everybody about how awesome your dad was yeah <laughs> there you go problem solved yeah so your dad's a nurse huh yes and he's the he came from sri lanka yeah yeah okay 80s all right was he a nurse in sri lanka or was he something no else? he was stu- uh, stu- a student in sri lanka okay he so studying. he came when he was young yeah he was quite young he was 20 24 i think yeah, okay good for him 24 yeah yeah they were like oh i guess this this ship is going down <laughs> better, yeah better go yeah. yeah so they went before you know everything started gotcha yeah and he met your mom over there or here? Yeah, they, they were neighbors. Really? Ah, mm. oh, he fell yeah. in love with uh, the girl next door. The girl next door. Oh, that's yeah. a nice they story. They divorced though, but yeah, okay. it was well, a nice story. Yeah. <laughs> it ended in tragedy. It ended in tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> where I got my comedic skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Growing up in two homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> they lived so close to each other. There's just a football court dividing my mom and dad so yeah. it takes me three minutes to go to my dad oh that's my nice mom's. that's yeah. good that's important yeah. but i have a bedroom at my mom's place cool i don't have it at my dad's that's no. why i stay at my mom's yeah yeah that's a bc dad a lot practical anyway. reasons yeah. yeah yeah i just visited him before i came here yeah okay yeah, yeah no i remember seeing your dad because yeah. uh you know he was like he was having a good time he always like he's i think i've seen him twice and he, oh, yeah. he sat he sat at the front yeah he was like right up there you know, and I don't know how old your dad is. He's maybe in his 50s or 60s yeah, or something. Yeah, 50s, yeah. Yeah? He was late, having a, late 50s. Late 50s. <laughs> rub it in there. Yes. Yeah, but he was having a good time. Oh, wow. I just realized that my dad is in his late 50s. Yeah? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he lived a full life before he had his first child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28 years old. Yeah. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, my mom was 27 when she had me. Yeah. You know, the average age of people having kids now is like fucking way higher. 40. Yeah, it's 40. I, the buddy yeah. that I met the other day, he's 40. Yeah. And uh, he just had, uh, I think it was his first kid. Yeah. At 40. 40. Mm-hmm. I think it's a problem. You think so? I think With so. The, but also people are getting older as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if we would have children at 20, mm. it would be a parent for the next 70 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you got your first when you were twenty-seven. I, I, well. No, I was twenty-nine. Twenty-nine, okay. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty close to your dad. Yeah, it was perfect age for me. Okay, my my yeah. dad was older when he had me. He was forty as well. He was forty as well. Yeah, okay. and he died when I was seventeen. So oh, I know. So then okay, I was like, when I was a kid, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to leave my kid when he's 17. No, so yeah. I wanted to have a kid like when I was under 30. But yeah, yeah, under 30. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Um, but, you know, I was just saying that like uh, it's a problem because I think uh, with people having kids older and maybe it's not a massive problem, but I think that there's like a decline in the population. And I yeah. think that like there's a certain amount of women that leave it too late and then they can't have kids. Can't, yeah. You know, they're focusing on like careers and doing all these other things. And I, I guess that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then when they want to have a kid, um, they uh, maybe they're not able to yeah. or they don't mm-hmm. find somebody that mm-hmm. they want to have uh, a, a kid with. A kid with. Yeah. And I was reading in the newspaper the other day that there's a one year waiting list to get sperm um, donors in Denmark. Oh, in in, in Norway. So in Norway, they yeah. made it legal in Norway to get sperm donation mm. uh, in like 2018 or 2019. Because yeah. before that, women were going down to Denmark. 
Yeah. So and there's it's, it's crazy. It's yeah, like almost. Live, that's why I live in Denmark. Yeah, that's why you're there. <laughs> Just getting sperm shot into you every weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> and not in the fun way. Just like visiting the clinic. Hey, let's go. Yeah, my boyfriend doesn't like it that much. I don't like <laughs> no, he's got a real problem with it. He's like, honey, wipe <laughs> your mouth. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but I was reading that they had this shortage on sperm and so women are like you know maybe they're already in their like mid-30s or something and then they've got to wait a whole year just to start the procedure but also if it's hard to get a guy to commit in a relationship to have a kid don't you think it's hard to get a guy to masturbate in a cup and be like oh yeah maybe one day this will be like 18 years later i will have someone knocking on my door yeah yeah i think it's a i I think that's kind of why they're struggling too because not that many men want to do it yeah because i think it's easier in the u.s yeah where if you get some money for it and then you're like oh yeah sure yeah i wonder if they get money here i guess they would wouldn't you yeah do you want me to jerk off into this cup (laughs) give me 150 kroners this shit is sacred. Come I on. I love that 150 crowns. Yeah, I would say it. like 5,000, but no. Oh, don't do it. Are you kidding no. me? I'll do it for free. Like I'll, 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 I'll pay you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just imagine like, could you imagine if you're like a sperm donor, like some dude just going in there like, hey, we've got some videos. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, like the categories yeah, yeah. on the web, on the on the computer that dudes are searching for to jerk yeah. off. I'm like, oh, he, this guy was looking at some weird shit. I don't think he should be a dad. I think that's why they still have DVDs instead of... Uh, oh, do they have DVDs? I think they had DVDs. Oh, the, who's making DVDs? Those are some old videos. Old school Those shit. are like with the music. Like, Hi, did you order a pizza? Yeah, extra salami. Come in, please. <laughs> maybe that's the charm of it. You're just like... Yeah, maybe. But maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. Dudes just can't get it up. They're like, what is this shit? There's no stepmoms? What the fuck? <laughs> am i watching this chick must be old now come on bro <laughs> shave the mustache i think i think maybe no okay i don't know how guys think <laughs> I'm not gonna, how do guys yeah, think yeah, come how on i think i don't know i don't know i'll tell you how guys think oh i don't want to know okay. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> we're gonna drop it yeah shit uh I think we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really good time talking to you. Oh, me too. Me as well. Yeah. And I think so you have fun. like a, a lot of good perspectives on comedy. And I, I love that you're doing comedy in four languages. Thank you so much. I Thank you so much for letting me uh, come here and uh, and talk. No problem. Yeah. No problem. This All right. Fun. Thanks so much for being a guest. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you. I love you. Mwah. Big kiss. See you later. Bam. 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 Bam.